0: Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for the best parenting book ever written. Uh, To help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Nick, hello. My name is Joe Holshue and as the
1: only non-parent here, I am ready to give (laughs) both of you some very good parenting (laughs) advice. No doubt. Uh, This week I brought Amy Chua's controversial 2011 Mm. book, Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. And guys, frankly, I think you can learn a thing or two from it. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Um, That sounds controversial. Mm -hmm. Is this like your other controversial author, J.D. Vance, who is now running for uh, the Senate or the Republican Senate seat? Well, I don't want to spoil too much, but Amy Chua was JD
1: Vance's advisor at Yale Law School. Oh God, <laughs> <Are> you serious? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no the way.
0: actually controversial. <laughs> yep, no, I'm, I'm guys, I won't lie to you. I just assume she fed her first few children to tigers, hence the maybe the name. <laughs> That's oh. a good
2: call. Uh, Goo Goo Gaga, Joe. Goo Goo okay. Gaga, Nick. My name is Dr. Ian DeYoung. I am a high school English teacher and uh, perhaps more relevant today, I am a father to what is commonly called a bouncing baby boy. Mm. And today, Nick, if you seek a book about parenting, I would recommend Pamela Druckerman's not at all controversial and in fact quite engaging book, <laughs> Bringing Up bebe One American Mother Discovers the Wisdom of French Parenting. <laughs> May your earlobes
1: turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders.
2: Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author <laughs> was at some point a racist.
0: Audiobooks don't count,
2: right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs>, <laughs>
1: So when you say bebe like that, it's not you being silly. Like
2: it's, it's like no. the French pronunciation like this is a of bone baby. Of, yeah. This is a bone of contention for this episode. Um, and lit heads, those of you who know the French uh, can already hear that my French accent is dreadful. And I have to say a couple of French words and I'm sorry, because I'm going to butcher them. I am do my best, but in doing my best, I will butcher them. So yes, the, the title says like, Baby, like the French word for baby. Oh, 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 oh! oh. Dear God, please stop.
0: Um, <laughs> of you could
2: interject a wee uh, wee oui, oui, anytime you want. Um, I
0: mean. Boy, this is really turning out to be an international episode. <laughs>
1: my, my book is mostly about how to get your kid into law school, like like Harvard Law School.
2: <laughs> and but, then, but start on the and on, then okay, write a book about hillbillies.
1: encourage somebody else to write a book about hillbillies. Yes. Joe,
0: why is your book controversial?
1: Um, is this, is this the part where I do my, my summary or, or do you just want me to speak off the cuff? Yeah, it is now. All right. 30 seconds. (laughs) Nick, I've recently broken my glasses. So bear with me. Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother (laughs) is Amy Chua's unapologetic look about the benefits of strict. You might even say militaristic. Parenting. Amy Chua, she and her husband are both Yale law professors. Does not care about your feelings. She cares that her two daughters achieve their maximum potential in life, and she has a pretty good idea of how to do it. No sleepovers, marathon violin and piano practice sessions, extra math homework every night, and generally very little fun. That can't be paired with achievement. Battle hymn of the tiger mother, 2011.
0: I really dropped the ball, huh. in 2011. 2011. 2011. <laughs> 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 oh dang where are those glasses Um yeah, do you guys feel like you've achieved your maximum potential cuz there's some days where i feel like absolutely not i have not done that and then there are other days where i think yeah this is it this is probably as good as it gets
2: Um <laughs> i i'm going to answer that by flipping the question i think there there are different kinds of potential and um maybe i'm not as i'm not okay. as like financially or business world successful as I am, but I'm really happy, and I think happiness potential is underrated. So, uh, Nick, that sounds like Western parenting BS
1: to me. <laughs> I think that none oh of us gosh. here have achieved our maximum potential. Okay. I think that
0: yeah, there's well, a long way to go. Yeah, Ian's right though. I should have clarified. I meant financial success.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
0: <laughs> I certainly the hope the I'm answer not is fantastic.
2: obviously no. <laughs> Sometimes sometimes I look at my peers who are, you know, running unethical <laughs> hedge fund companies or, you know, profiting off of the destruction of our ecosystems. And right. I think to myself, why did I have a conscience and go and do do a bunch of reading? Why couldn't Ooh. I sure. just maybe be? they have it figured
0: out? Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that sounded real judgy. I loved it. Um <laughs> J- Ian, why don't you <laughs>
2: How come they are not shaping the youth of the future like me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least I have this moral high ground. It only cost me all of my financial stability. Ian, can you please take
0: 30 seconds and tell us why your book is also superior?
2: I will take less than 30 seconds. It turns out that French kids are really relaxed, which means that French parents are really relaxed. The book I brought this week, bringing up Bibel with a long subtitle, combines Pamela Druckerman's journalistic observations of French culture with hilarious stories of her own parenting mish- mishaps and low-key recommendations that maybe American parents should chill out a bit. Okay, well that was thirty seconds. Um, oh no! Mm, yeah, I sorry. Well, yeah, now you're a liar. I, I mean, when I when I timed this out. It was short, so I kind of let it let it sit a little bit. Right, you sat in it for a little while. hmm. Yeah, I just I love I let my pauses hit, my beats hit. That's what happens. Um, Boy, should we start
0: with super strict or super relaxed first? This is the question. Well, you know what they say in teaching, Nick is start strict. Yes,
1: start strict. Don't don't smile before Christmas.
0: Yeah, let's. That's what they teach. Let's learn the rules before we break them. Right. Holy cow. Dude, who says don't smile before Christmas? Oh, that's uh, horrifying. I that one.
1: <laughs> Is that in your book? That's in my teaching book. <laughs> the the book that I read to become a teacher.
2: Oh my his gosh. personal notes. Um (laughs) are there is this just um speaking of rules, is this just a free-for-all or are there rules? Oh
0: Ian just wants to get his dumb shadow rules. Yeah, of course we will have a winner today, so welcome (laughs) Lit Heads to You Don't Know Lit, uh, where every week we pick a theme in two books and uh Ian and Joe battle it out. (laughs) Um, the winning book Uh, that's the worst yeah they go nuts Um, and uh, anyway so we have some rules to just keep us on track rule number one is only unavoidable spoilers gentlemen and honestly that's probably not uh, worded very well because we pretty much have no spoilers here but you know it's not a regime. So uh, that's rule number one. Rule number two is omit needless words, Joe. That one's for you. And sure. rule number three is winning isn't everything, it's the only thing that's important here. And, um, and we do have, so of course,
2: our shadow rules, which everyone's been waiting for. And this week, uh, as always, our shadow rules are put that down. You'll put your eye out with that. And I'm oh. counting to three. <laughs> that's good. Fantastic appropriate fantastic um yeah it's mean timely yes
1: is is counted to three your your children are both very young i suppose counted to three is not effective at this point because they have no concept of like linear progression yeah
0: or anything really
2: Mm -hmm. um my child doesn't know that that three exists right wow that's very sad. yeah he thinks it stops after two we've been trying to work on that but there's no way your kid can count to two <laughs> I did not say he could count to two. I said he ignores that two exists. Yeah, number
0: two. Am I right, parents? <laughs> oh good stuff. That's man. the first of many poop jokes. That's today. a good joke. Uh, Joe, oh, please go first.
1: Absolutely. Nick, I would like to start with a game. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> this game cool. is called Is It Allowed? Is it allowed? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an activity (laughs) that like a normal child might participate in. And I want you to tell me if it is allowed in your household, if you are a tiger mother, if you
2: are a tiger mother. Joe, I'm just going to stop you right here and say, Mm -hmm. I continue to stand in awe of your game manufacturer. Um, I I have no problem saying that you are a better game maker than me and anyone Mm -hmm. with a two brain cells to rub together knows that you're a better game maker than Nick. So maybe we start going after Hasbro for sponsorship.
1: Oh, good. Maybe this isn't a book podcast. Yeah, maybe it's not a book podcast. Maybe it's a game (laughs) podcast where we just like make games about books. That
0: pitch would be confusing. Um, Joe, I'm ready for this, but I'm going to answer in my own words. Is that okay? Besides yes or no. Like, it's a pretty simple game, deck. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. All
1: right. Okay. This is the very first thing. Is it allowed if you have a parent who is a tiger mother? <laughs> Nick, Ian, are you allowed to go to a sleepover?
0: Oof. Um, I'm going to say, okay. Well, I think the obvious answer to, Ian, can we just sidebar? I think the obvious yep. answer to all of these things is going to be no, right? You're just not right. allowed. This is to one of those anything. games that has a point. Yeah. yeah. It's going to have a message. Um, I'd say not so overt, or yeah, maybe pretty I, overt. Yeah, I'm with you. Um,
2: I'm with you. Also, he said in the intro that they weren't allowed to go to to do others, anything. So
1: yeah, oh Ian, bonus points for listening to the intro. Good job. Okay.
2: I was not listening to that, but
0: I'm also gonna guess that no sleepovers are allowed because no, that's of probably course where bad you're not allowed to go to a sleepover.
1: That is where bad behavior is learned. Not only that, but like people form clicks at sleepover, people talk behind other people's backs at sleepovers, right? Like people are ostracized mm-hmm. at sleepovers. You are absolutely not allowed to go to a sleepover. Yeah. You wet the bed and then it's really embarrassing at sleepovers. Yeah. Tell us about it, Nick. Uh, number two, are you allowed to play the flute? Are you allowed to play the flute?
0: <laughs> okay. Um, are you allowed to play the flute? I've just never heard an instrument described it like that before.
2: Please, Mother, can I play the flute? No, 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 no flute for you, in this Johnny. House,
0: which I assume is how Tiger Mother talks. Um, I'm going to say,
2: no, you can only play the piano. I would say no, because the flute is an instrument of debauchery and the only good (laughs) instruments have strings.
1: Um. so you're you actually both hit it correctly exactly. Um you are expected to play a musical instrument. A flute is not an acceptable one. The acceptable musical <laughs> instruments <laughs> acceptable musical instruments are piano, neck, bonus point, nice. or violin. <gasps> Ian, bonus well, so point. Bonus Very point. well done. The yes. Neck and neck. Yes. Congrats. Um the the other one that you absolutely are not allowed to play is the drums because, as we know, drums lead to drugs.
2: Uh-huh. All right. Um, and I mean, there is, there, is a, there is a one letter difference between drugs and drums. So, Ryan. right. It's a very slippery The connection
0: side. is quite obvious. All right. All right. Number three Are
1: you allowed to get a medal in a geography B? Are you allowed to win a medal in a geography B? A
0: geography B? Is that like a spelling yeah, so, bee but with
1: geography? Yeah, so
0: does that exist? It, it,
2: good critical thinking there, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I Ian. think it does.
1: And do you know what I thought of when I was writing this question is are there other types of bees? Like is there like a, there's a knitting bee I feel like I've heard of and a spelling bee obviously. What's the
0: bee stand for? They're, um th-
1: that's what I want to know. Like are there other competitions that are called bees or is it very specifically when you parade children onto a stage and like watch them until they get something wrong
2: at my school. They, the, all the kids are involved in things called a thing called science bowl, which makes me imagine that they do science while wearing football stuff, (laughs) which is exciting. It's a, it's a fun thought. Like
0: you got that wrong. 15 yard penalty. Hey, shut up, Ian. So it comes from a middle, a middle English word. Oh, wait, now you're
1: doing the etymology. Yeah, yep. Nick here is our Middle English expert. Ian, please Pour be some sugar
0: on me, Nick. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Gotta do some further quote-unquote research. <sighs> yeah, it means like it's an old word. Comes from Ben? Bean? Uh, I think Ben. Mm, bean. Bean. It's got the flat line above the E. How would you say that?
2: Bean. Mm, bean. I would say Bean. Bean. B-E-N-E. Middle English. Mm-hmm. And oh, interesting. Okay. So it turns out that uh, I'm just stealing your thunder here for a second. Uh, because bees supposedly work hard um, from the 1770s, there is this no. meaning of a bee being a group of people who get together to work together. And so originally, bees in this, in this, um, in this uh, sense, weren't like competitions, but it was everyone getting together to like help build a barn or make a quilt. I so if you're building that. a barn, you would call it a raising bee. If you were doing uh, a, a quilt together, be a quilting bee. A logging bee is clear. A pairing bee is when you're preparing a bunch of apples together. Uh, apparently, mm. if you were going to do a, a lynching, you would call it a hanging bee. Oh, but dear. then well, that got less fun immediately. Eventually. What a fun little side it became conversation. Competitive.
0: <laughs> the lynching bees,
1: Ian. Ian, <laughs> I, w- I don't want to talk about competitive lynching. I, I, I. The question is, are you allowed to get a medal in a
0: geography bee? Good gravy. I don't even know anymore, Joe. Um, I'm going to say uh, no. You would decline that because it's not your. It's you don't. You shouldn't get awards. You should. It's just that's a part of your duty. You know, you shouldn't do it um, for yeah, the I'm gonna award. say
2: you're not I'm gonna say you're not allowed to, you're required to.
1: <clears throat> oh <laughs> oh um, great. I'm gonna have to give the point to Ian here Shit. for being closer. You yes. are allowed to get a medal in a geography B as long as it's the gold medal. <laughs> there is <laughs> There's a story early in this book where Amy Chua talks about her own childhood where she is like wins a silver medal at a geography bee. She invites her father to the awards night and afterwards, once she's given this silver medal, her dad pulls her aside and says, don't you ever embarrass me like that again. (laughs) Hey,
0: uh, honey, can you not waste my fucking time here? (laughs) Wow. I just
1: have I just have one more. Okay, Are you allowed to be in a school
0: play? Hmm. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's a total waste of time. That doesn't lead gonna, to you getting into Harvard Law, so I'm going to say no.
2: I'm going to say yes, but only if you're the lead character.
0: Oh my Ooh. god,
1: those are both really good answers. The closer as one is Nick, um, being in a school play. Like you don't, you can't win being in a school play. Mm-hmm. If you are in a school play, it sure as hell better be the lead. Um, right, but yeah. You are not allowed to be in a school play. That is a waste Damn. of time. You could Great. be practicing violin during that time.
0: Um, or piano. Um, so, sounds like we have a tie. Mm. And do you the have winner- a tiebreaker question here, Joe? Okay. Let me th- let me come up with a tiebreaker question. <laughs> I d- I'm out of questions on my list. I've got an idea. Hey, Nick. We could just do rock, paper,
2: scissors and and use the honor system, Ian. Uh, I, I don't want to do the honor system, not with you. Not, not again. Um, let's return to this in 30 years when our children have both grown up I and love we can it. see whose child is more successful fantastic. and the person whose child is more successful wins. This I, I think that's a fantastic
1: it. thing. We are going to need to clearly define success before the end of this episode for that to happen.
0: Though. Right. Allow me to do that. Whoever wins today, that's the way I'll raise my child. Sound good? Great.
2: Oh, yeah. Perfect.
0: <laughs> now I All am right. going to have to run this by my wife. But I think she should be good with it. She listens to the show; she'll be fine. That's right, uh, <laughs> honey. If you're listening, play along, <laughs> honey. Very important,
1: very important podcast episode. Every today. vote counts. <laughs>
0: ah, sip of coffee. Um, um, great. Hey, Joe. Um that game really set the scene for this book. I think I think I get it now, but could you yeah. maybe round out what you're doing, what's happening in this book and um the story, etc. Yep, absolutely. Is it just
2: as simple as be mean to your kids. Full stop.
0: <laughs> um be
1: mean to your kids is a big
2: part of it. <laughs> it's really the backbone to all, yeah,
1: all really parenting the decisions. <laughs> like if you're ever wondering, like if you ever have a choice between two different paths and one of them makes your kid a little bit more miserable, it seems like that's the <laughs> path that you should take.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Great. Yeah. No, jokes uh, aside here, Joe, Um, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about uh, yeah. some other culture and how they they raise their kids. Because is this book... Speaking on behalf of an entire culture, because that's the way that you've presented it offline.
1: And it's the way that she presents it in this book. Interesting. Uh, The book is called Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, written in 2011 by Yale Law professor Amy Chua. In it, she talks about a very specific way to raise your children. And tiger mother, I think, is something that she comes up with. I, I, I think it's a phrase that she comes up with and popularizes. And when you are a tiger mother, uh, this is the thesis. It is this. Hey, kids don't know. <laughs> More thesis needs to start with hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's true. Hey, idiots. Hey, Western parents. Your kids don't know what is good for them. So when you give them agency in their life, when you let them choose things, you are doing them a disservice. Every decision that you make as a parent should lead to your child fulfilling their maximum potential. And maximum potential is very clearly defined here. We are talking about like societal and I think monetary success right like can you achieve success in society mm-hmm. this is how you lead your child to do it so okay keep talking i'm i'm yeah, interested so, yeah she, so she has two daughters um she and her husband a guy named Jed uh uh, Rubenfeld, uh, another professor at Yale Law School, they have these two half-Jewish, half-Chinese daughters. And she makes kind of a funny point where she says, that might sound like a really weird intersection of culture, but in certain social circles, it's actually the dominant culture. Is like these Jewish-Chinese families. She says, yeah, um, they have these two daughters, and she, uh, one is Sophia and the other one is named Lulu. They go about raising them in this very, this tiger mother way. They go about raising them. And both kids, um, to varying degrees, have a ton of success. Like both of them are musical. Prodigies, despite the fact Good. that neither Jed nor Amy are musicians themselves, um they both are accepted into like various Juilliard programs they both will go on to Ivy league educations they both will um lead very outwardly successful lives um there's between the two daughters, the older daughter is very much a model daughter, like she kind of buys into the program she does what's expected of her. The younger daughter, Lulu.
0: There's a lot of pushback
1: Uh there, let's say.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of pushback. Um, Let me ask you, sorry, just to stop you real quick. Where does this take place? Uh, So this takes place mostly
1: in New Haven, right? This takes place mostly on the East Coast. It does bounce around the world a little bit. Um, You know, she has various jobs that she takes and he takes, uh, but they eventually end up in New Haven.
0: Um, So they have two daughters. Uh, One is uh, their favorite, and the other is, well... The worst. You can yeah. You can make the implication there.
1: Right. Uh, A problem
0: child. Please go on.
1: Yeah. So, essentially, this book is composed of a variety of scenes of them practicing piano, or going to recitals, or um, having a multicultural day at school, and then like paired. Like that scene is paired with Amy Chua's narration of her thought process behind why she did things a certain way. Um, So to give an example, she talks about practicing piano when these kids are very, very little and how she would be in these piano schools, obviously the best piano schools with the best piano teachers with these like lax Western parents. And she would say like, the Western parents that I knew, even the strictest ones only made their children practice piano for one hour a day. She said, what Chinese parents know, what we tiger mothers know is that the first hour is the easy hour, right? Like her kids are practicing piano three hours a day, every single day, (laughs) like three hours a day, seven days a week.
2: So it sounds to me, I'm ready to dive in here, Ian. Why don't you go first? It sounds to me like maybe she, she's like, she did a parenting and then she said, eh, according to my metrics, my kids are successful. Might as well write a book telling other people to do the same thing as me. Hmm. Is that yeah. what happened?
0: We're, do we have any third party endorsement going on? here?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yep. Hmm, third party endorsement. Does she quote um, her
0: famous friends in, at
1: Harvard? Yeah, does she quote her famous friends like J.D. Vance or Brett Kavanaugh? <laughs> ew, ew. Does she quote The Art of War? You know, I bet she does. Uh, no, I, I don't think she does often. If she, if she has a third party endorsement, I think it would just be like society views her family as very successful. Like when oh. you look at her children, like yeah, the third party endorsement is all of everybody. It's the world endorses <laughs> yes. this. Yeah, like when you look at her children, it's impossible to say that this hasn't like quote unquote worked. Like they both were students at
0: Juilliard. They I want, both have multiple Ivy League degrees. I want more examples, but before I do that, I want to be extremely critical. Um, it mm-hmm. seems like these people are, and maybe this has something to do with it, I'm guessing it does, it seems like they're very well off and very wealthy, and mm. there seems to be like... Oh, does your kid practice piano three hours a day? Great. That's attainable for nobody. Like, do they have private <laughs> lessons, like, for three hours a day? Like, that's that's attainable by almost nobody. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like there's some real classist things going on here um, oh, that, yeah. that they were absolutely born into, and they're just, like, cultivating, and they have the time to be this type of parent. Do you think yeah. that's accurate? Or Yeah, okay. Um, I think that's a big part of it. By the fact that I haven't read the book? I, I think Amy Chua would disagree with you. I think she
1: would say look, if you want your kid to practice piano three hours a day, you can't just tell them to go practice piano three hours a day because like they won't do it or they will do a bad job of it or they (laughs) won't do things that actually make it better. Right. So she says, if you want your kid to practice piano three hours a day, that means that you sit next to your child on a piano bench and drill them while they practice piano for three hours a day. So she keep in mind, like while this is going on is leading an incredibly, um, boy, I'm going to keep using the word successful here is leading an incredibly successful professional life. Like she is a professor at Yale law school. Her husband is a professor at Yale law school, right? While they do this, they're like coaching these kids. They're drilling these kids. They're sitting together for three hours at piano practice on Sundays. Um, at a certain point, they get a hold of like the best piano teacher in on the East Coast, but of she course. lives something like two hours away. So, so they every drive. Sunday, they <laughs> every Sunday they drive two hours to yeah. New York City for a one-hour piano lesson, and then Ooh. they
0: drive back. Cool, um, and it's like so they don't really binge Netflix much, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I don't think there's a lot of TV <laughs> in the Chua Rubinfeld household. <laughs> Ian, would your parents in your book drive two hours for a one-hour piano lesson? Nah, and, and I'm assuming that's, that's one way, Joe, right? I mean, that's a four-hour road trip that day. That's your entire day. That's for one hour. every Sunday. Oh, my gosh. What oh a terrible God, Sunday. Um, dreadful. So, okay. Um, Joe, give us some more. Give us some more uh, meaty, meaty chunks of your yeah. book. Like, give me some and, examples. What are, the, what are the differences? What are the differences between how um, 99% of people were raised in, in this tiger mom? there is a section where she's sitting with
1: her daughter and really demanding perfection, right? Like when when she's playing this piece, she demands perfection of this piece. And she yells things out, and Amy Chua, by the way, tells this totally without shame, like with, with no reservations whatsoever. She tells her daughters things like, if you don't play it perfectly this time, I'm going to burn all of your dolls <laughs> or <laughs> Jesus or uh, okay. I'm going to count to three. And then I want to hear musicality. God damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a unique approach. I'm just hyperventilating over here. <laughs> Joe, how do these kids not just absolutely hate their parents? Mm, okay, Like how on earth are these children happy? Have they internalized this twisted view of success that she puts forward? In case you can't tell him, I'm not a fan of this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, the- let's not cross it out completely, Ian, because this might have to be the way I raise my child. <laughs> this might be. You know what? And I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't call that twisted. So. Right. So that could be offensive towards me. Yeah. I don't want to offend you. Yeah. This entire book hinges on how
1: you answer that question right? And one of the things Amy Chua talks about a lot in this book, like she brings up the point several times is she said, she says, I know so many Western people who are resentful of their parents, like Western people who don't have a relationship with their parents, who don't communicate with their parents anymore, who resent their parents for some perceived wrongdoing in their childhood. And then she says, and this is a big claim, Chinese people adore their parents. Chinese people worship their parents, and this is the reason. When Chinese people are hard on their children, when tiger mothers are hard on their children, she says it's only because we have total faith in our children that they can achieve this level of success. When Western parents let their kids quit something because it's hard, it is telling that kid they're not good enough right? You aren't good enough to be the best at this, so you are allowed to quit. She says when Chinese people get older, like it's torture when they're young, but when they get older and they see the life that's in front of them, the Yale law life, the Harvard law life, whatever that is, they can't help but look back and be dang grateful that they had the upbringing that they did. So her claim, and there's a lot of different ways that you can attack this or go about this. But her claim is those high expectations are because we respect our children. Those high expectations, that torturing of our children when they're young is because like we know what's best and we know like this is going to lead to their
2: best life. Okay. But the the, the flip side (laughs) of this is that The flip side of this is that another way to like... No, I don't think there's any flip side. The other way to like brutally, (laughs) brutally make your child miserable is by saying, I'm going to burn your dolls if you you don't exhibit artistic (laughs) talent. Right.
0: Maybe a simple, uh, no, honey, can you try it one more time? Maybe that could have been more effective than I will destroy the things you love. Right. Or like you aren't eating dinner until you do this. Like burning dolls is not a pretty thing. Just dangling gasoline above, obviously, the dolls. Right. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Again, with no third-party endorsement, it's hard to get outside of her point of view.
1: Yeah. Okay. So as as I do in these episode preps, like I read a lot about the book, like always for these episodes, which I would imagine Ian does as well. Like I read the book and then I go out and I read a lot about the book. And one of the places that I found a lot of discussion about this book was a subreddit called, I I forget (laughs) exactly what it was. It was something like, like Asian parent stories or something like that, where people would talk about their Asian upbringings, right? Talk about their own like tiger mother upbringings. And Amy Chua swears up and down that children are incredibly grateful for this
0: upbringing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All of them, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, That, that particular subreddit would disagree that particular subreddit (laughs) is filled Uh with horror stories Uh of things like my mother burned my dolls and (laughs) jesus christ what a sociopath
2: right Mm -hmm. Do you think, right. Joe? Do you think this this like works if the children internalize their parents' priorities? So the parents like are prioritizing going to Juilliard and being J.D. Vance, and if the children buy in, then it seems like yeah, you're going to get a bunch of little a bunch of little clones who are like, yes, thank you. I see how your threats and uh, uh, your threats of uh, violence um, to my toys um, got me this place in Juilliard. But if they don't buy in if they're like, actually, yeah. I would rather be a logger in Montana, then
1: <laughs> it's all kind of down the drain. Uh, so that's really the conflict with her second daughter. And her first daughter is very much a model daughter, totally buys into the vision, totally buys into the process, totally buys into the, the dream. Typical for Her second born. daughter- Yeah, her second daughter, who by the way is also insanely accomplished in the real world today, Mm -hmm. right? Doesn't really buy into it. Um, she plays violin her whole life. She's actually incredibly naturally gifted, is one of the things they talk about with this with this violin. But at a certain point, like just wants to be done with it. Like this violin is just an instrument of torture in her life. So she quits violin. She has this big blow-up with her mother where she quits violin,
0: which she doesn't get to play violin. She doesn't get to play violin. <laughs>
1: and instead she decides to She play. has to
0: play flute. <laughs> that's her rebellious stage. She played flute for a couple of years.
1: <laughs> so she quits violin and instead she takes up tennis, because tennis is something that she likes. To which her mother responds, tennis? But you're terrible at tennis. <laughs> like you're awful at it. And but the thing is for this daughter, for this Lulu, that's kind of the point. Like she wants this thing where she isn't expected to be the best in the world at it. She wants this thing where like her parents can't be involved where it's relatively low stress. Um, She actually then goes on to be a pretty successful tennis player because her mother gets her private lessons and they compete in the best tournaments and all these things. But that's a (laughs) bit of an aside. (laughs) Um, So like I think that's an interesting point. like an interesting example of the daughter being like, no, this is not the path that I want for myself. I'm going to blow off violin. I'm done doing that. And I'm going to do this other thing that you don't approve of. With all of that said, that girl is a student at Harvard Law School today.
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Uh. I'll be honest, Joe. Sounds really interesting. I'd probably like to read it. It's just uh, it's, it's a lot it's a whole lot. Lifestyle. It's stressful and i yeah, like it. i it's like my lifestyle. sundays
2: you know what i mean right having some coffee does she ever like walk it back does she ever say hey maybe this wasn't <laughs> as perfect as i thought it was or is it just like yeah. no tiger mother all the time ah
1: at the very end of the book she talks about her dad's relationship with his parents mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she kind of acknowledges, Oh, by the way, all this stuff I've been talking about here that totally didn't work for my dad. He had a massive schism between he and his parents. They <laughs> never spoke to each other again. I guess maybe uh, tiger parenting doesn't always work. It's literally like three sentences in one of the last chapters of this book. It's like the only even partial acknowledgement of <laughs> Well, maybe not always in this entire book. Joe, one last question for you.
0: Yeah. Are there like a set of guiding principles here? Because like if I want to read this as a parenting book, um, you know, do I have to like word for word? Like it's situations, right? So do I have to be like, okay, well, you didn't clean your room. So now I have to light it on fire. Like does she (laughs) solve everything with fire. Is that one of the guiding principles or are there other kind of like lessons that you can kind of take with you?
1: Yeah, like if you want to apply this philosophy and just a couple of uh principles, right? Like if you want to like in, yes. institute this own philosophy with your daughter, Nick, I think the big things that it comes down to is number one, <laughs> number one, your child does not know what is best for her. Okay. Right, like, like under no circumstances, like you know what is best for her, for your child, and it is up to you to ensure that that happens. Right. Well,
0: my daughter eats cat food, so you're you're tracking correctly so far.
1: So keep going. Number one, your child does not know what's best for her. Number two, it is up to you to set the bar incredibly high, and then be right next to her the entire time that she is (laughs) like striving to (laughs) to reach that bar, and
0: then just watch. And well, not just watch,
1: watch and burn her dolls, like the, like
0: those two things. Okay, check that. Ah, good enough. Um, great. <laughs> it's pretty clear to me and Ian. I'm I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, too clear. One would say too
0: clear. Crystal. <laughs> what are we? Uh, what are we teasing out? Hard, books that are hard to talk about. Hard to talk about. Hmm. Mm, hard to talk
1: now are you saying hard to talk about like a really challenging subject matter and it's going to like dig deep in your emotions and things like no, that like
0: big words like physically hard to pronounce oh <laughs> um yeah i'll bring the dictionary next week ian will read selections
2: his favorite thesaurus selections i'll bring a book which not a lot of folks have heard about um, it's um, it's a bit of a deep cut, but we're not doing deep cuts. We're doing hard to talk about. This is also hard to talk about. It's called *Lud in the Mist*. It um, it's a fantasy novel written by uh, a British author named Hope Mirles. And Neil Gaiman says it's one of the best fantasy novels in English. And oh. not a lot of people have read it. And it's like kind of predates Tolkien in interesting ways. And it's just really cool and weird and horrifying. Fantastic. And I'd like to bring a book that I think a whole bunch
1: of people have heard about because it's still on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, John Green's most recent collection of essays called the Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, It's fantastic. I enjoy it a lot, but I'm not totally sure how I'm going to talk about it. So to Anthropocene bonus for you, Joe, Anthropocene is a hard word to spell. Right. And say, in fact, I wrote it in my notes here and I'm not sure I spelled it correctly. Yeah. Well, who even knows if it's a real word? Right. Well, hey, it's that sort of deep diving, hard hitting analysis that we'll get into.
0: Ian. Yes, Nick. Um, I assume your book takes a different approach. Um, are these kids smoking by like age six? Um, drinking wine. Right. Permissive French parenting. Uh, obviously not shaving their armpits. Like there just no
2: rules, right? no nah, no we're going to get into that actually it's really funny though you say the smoking thing because i didn't know there was this this general image of french kids as smokers but um two people that i've told about this book the first thing they've said oh so the kids are smoking like what no hmm. the kids are not smoking well you know how the french are the french with their cigarettes yeah cigarettes and their mustaches and their
1: scarves and their horizontally striped shirts. I assume that's what this is all about, right? Yeah, it's it's a...
2: <laughs> and their baguettes. <laughs> description. <laughs> yeah. There are actually... There is a passage uh, where a baguette is um, a, a symbol for a couple's yeah. positive post-baby relationship. We know. So. We know.
0: Um, so, Ian, what, <laughs> what's your book about? <laughs> um, so, this book... the um, I like that French start... people are still fun to make fun of. It's okay, <laughs> it's, <a too> boy. <laughs> it's okay to yeah. make fun yes. of the French. Yeah. Yes, it's a
2: blast. Um, this book. I'm going to start with the the the, um, the title for the the UK version, the British version. In 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 the American the American edition is. Are called you going to say Up. it with an accent? No, they don't. No, it's different. He's going to say
1: it
0: with a British French accent.
1: So it's the, the, the American, French title of
0: the UK edition. Yeah, the do American, a French accent. As told by a British person, please.
2: (laughs) I do not have that level of accent layering skill. (laughs) The American edition is titled bringing up a The UK Mm -hmm. title for this is French kids don't throw food. Oh, Oh, that's catchy. catchy yeah it's it's really catchy and it's a really good title and I think it really clearly expresses what this book is saying the book begins with this ex like this description of uh this contrasting description of like the author she takes her kids to a French restaurant in, in at, at the seaside, and they just destroy the place. They just like throw their food all over the ground and like wreck the table, and they're like color on the walls and stuff. And then she looks over and sees these French kids at the same restaurant who are just perfectly well behaved, enjoying eating their food. And she's like, "What the heck is what? What's up? What's going on here?" So, I would say that French parenting is not perhaps as well known as. Chinese parenting um but what Druckerman is arguing is that French parents do something right and they are somewhat worth imitating. Okay. Let's start with what they do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um one of the things one of the things they do wrong is that Let's criticize. Uh, apparently <laughs> No, no, th- this is this is one of the beauties of this book. This book is not like, oh my gosh, I went to French and it was great and it was the best ever. <laughs> I love French. They do everything right. Like it's my favorite dressing. This is not a full throated defense of French parenting. Um, it's it's like he, it acknowledges the limitations. So one of the things, one of the things that it says that, that, that Druckerman says is like there is a lot of pressure on French women to regain their pre-baby figure. And like husbands are like, no, you're getting kind of fat. Why don't you uh stop eating so much? And 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 like the whole cultural thing is very powerful. And um, Dreckerman says this is like this isn't great. This is not. This isn't super good for women's mental health. Um, another thing that she says isn't particularly great is, or it's not, it's not that it's not great. It's just it's very specific. She says a lot of the successes are because they have state funded um um preschool so like mm. this works in part because of the safety net the social safety net and if this you don't have this then well that sounds amazing it's more difficult <laughs> well, it gets better <laughs> sounds it gets better amazing. actually it it gets better okay. than that but we'll get to that in a bit is your book
0: just about how much america sucks um oh, no. good question I feel like French books are like that
2: it's not about <laughs> it's not about how much America just, sucks it's about what we could learn. And I think what we can, I, I,
0: <laughs> it's about lessons. Um so, Ian, let's just let's 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 take a step back here. What what is your yeah. book about? Who's is this
2: uh this is a fiction book, correct? No, it's 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 um <laughs> I almost said it's serious. No, it's uh, it's um it's nonfiction. She uh the author um was a uh a foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal, and then she got fired and um met her husband and moved to france with him and they had some kids and she recounts like the sort of culture shock of discovering that french parenting is different and effective and so there's kind of like some there's some autobiographical memoir type stuff um there are some outsiders perspective yes yes this is very much not a french person telling you how great and a lot of these books as i was researching this there, are, yes, in a lot of ways, this is the opposite of Joe's. A lot of these, <laughs> these parenting books are like, hey, I'm Dutch and I think the Dutch people are the best at parenting. Hey, yeah. I'm, from, I'm from the island of Tonga and I think the Tongan ways <laughs> yeah. of parenting are the best. This is like an, uh, an American who, who knows American parenting, knows American parents and sees it on a regular basis. She says, you know what? Eh, there's, something, there's something good here. There's something effective, but it's not just a list of tips. It's about like what the French are doing, but also why they're doing it and how they keep their kids from throwing food. And mm-hmm. like I say, like what things are bad, what what are the the, the sort of negative elements which we shouldn't listen to. Um, I have three. I have three French words. These are the these are the tips. And this is not a here's what to do manual. This is not a, a how-to. This is describing. This is analyzing. And it leaves the decision up to you. But these are the three, the three French words, which are kind of at, a, at the core of French parenting philosophy. Uh, and, and there will be a quiz on this at the end. So please take notes. Ooh, right. The first word is complicité. The second word is équilibre. And the third word is le cadre. So complicité, okay. équilibre, and One more time. le cadre. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So right, there are my notes. Great. Complicite. Complicite is the idea that your child is not an idiot animal. Your child is a human <laughs> being.
0: <laughs>
2: Whoa. And, and, it's, and she's like,
0: does she have proof points to back this up?
2: <laughs> yeah, actually she does. So, so she says like parents in France, treat their kids and their young kids like human beings. They talk to them rationally. And this is a little bit of a kind of like a romantic French idea, but there is is data to back this up that children can, like babies can understand you. There have been scientific studies that suggest that uh, babies as young as six months old can understand morality, like good and bad. To poop or not to poop. (laughs)
1: Because I've seen six months old, six months olds, Mm -hmm. sick boy boy i've seen six month olds and they don't seem like they understand anything like they seem really dumb
2: yeah really dumb uh there there are other studies which suggest that eight month old babies are able to kind of like figure out probability and chance so maybe babies of tiger mothers (laughs) i have not seen (laughs) no just (laughs) just random normal babies they they're able to to, to understand what's what's going on okay Um, so babies aren't Nasty, freaky animals that are dumb. Well, they they can be and they can be all of those things. But the idea is if you talk, to, like if you explain to them, I'm going to change your diaper and you don't need to cry. <laughs> the French say if you talk to them like this, okay. eventually the baby will be like, oh, OK, I'm, I don't need to cry. It's It's all good. Okay. Or if you tell the baby, yeah, yeah, I'm putting you to bed and you're going to be in your bed by yourself, sleeping overnight by the time you're two months old, sleeping through the night by by two months old. The baby will eventually learn. And, you know, oof, man, I can't even
0: imagine how many, High
1: expectations, how many parents yeah. are
0: disagreeing with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: unbelievably bold. <laughs> Who knew that Ian was going to bring the more controversial book this week?
2: <laughs> but, um, I, I, okay. right, so these, these, these seem like out there, but she backs it up with, Um, scientific studies and uh, her kind of journalistic uh, uh, explorations, her her research. Um, She talks to a whole bunch of parents. She gets data from the French government. And the truth is that French babies sleep through the night at two months old. The truth is that parents talk to their babies uh, and tell them like, what's up? And whether or not that works, the French are really into it. And I think whether or not that works, whether or not the baby can actually like understand, oh, now it's time for me to go to sleep. It's setting the parents up to have good communication.
0: It seems to treat like, their children. Um, I'll just point out the commonalities as we go. Seems like both
2: parenting styles, you need a profound amount of patience. <laughs> well, yes, I think I think um, that is. I think any parenting requires <laughs> patience, but, but the, the second part of this actually kind of speaks directly to that. So the my second word is équilibré, and this is so part of talking rationally to your children, like they're human beings, not idiot animals, is explaining to them what's going on. And if you have this sort of trustworthy relationship with with your kids, you can say to them things like, "I can't pick you up right now. I'm sorry." and <laughs> the kid the kid having been trained that your life is important that you as a as a parent are also a human being the kid will respect that you can say to your kid you know what i've hung out with you all day evenings are adult time so you're going to go I to bed and we're going to be up and it's going to be fine. You're going to be OK. And French parents really don't like the idea of you pour everything into your kids. You give them all your time, all of your energy. You're a better parent. If you're more sacrificial, you're going to mutilate your schedule for your baby, for your child. They're like, yeah, kids need to know boundaries. And so you can say to them is, I'm sorry, I'm I'm working on dinner. I can't really hold you. I'd love to. Yeah. But, you know, now it's daddy time.
1: Right. Yeah, time, time for a drink. You go, you go entertain yourself. So, Ian, I guess the thing I would point out so far is I have many, many, many nieces and nephews, and they all seem totally unreasonable. Like, like, <laughs> like you, can't, you can't talk to these kids. Like, they're, they're, they're animals. They're mm-hmm. monsters.
0: Yeah, they, right. they do seem like monsters. I think what Ian is forgetting to include in all of these statements, and I'm sure the book covers it, is the word eventually.
1: not at
0: first not at first not at first but eventually
2: well do you think that's accurate ian no no i don't think it's accurate you should have agreed to that (laughs) (laughs) there are there are there are results really really early so another part of the french sort of system is what's called the crash, which is daycare starting at like six months. And this is also not free, but very, very widely available. You drop your kid off in the morning and, um, it's, it's, it's not, not, it's not free, but it's also not cost prohibitive, like so much daycare is in the U S. Um, so you drop your kid off and, uh, there are trained like, um, baby, baby trainers there. Whose job yeah. it is to like teach them how to be civilized uh, uh, not horrible animals, and you your, your kid is there for like hours of the day and then you pick them up in the afternoon or the evening, and the kids form really close bonds with their nurses in the in the crash, and so the effect is no, like the, the, the kids these French kids are able to play quietly by themselves by the time they're, I don't know, nine months. Nine months, this can't hold on. Ian, this is crazy. Like, I know, <laughs> that, <that's laughs> I know, this crazy. is the thing. Ian brought a this b- is work the thing, Nick. You and I and Joe, we've had all our experiences been actually, I can't speak for you guys. All my experience has been American kids, and mm-hmm. a lot of American kids <clears throat> are not really given structure, they're not really given sort of any kind, they're they're cuddled, they're given sort of everything they want, food whenever they want it, and um, being being picked up and held and dandled and sung every time they want it. And the effect is that these kids believe the world revolves around them. And what the French yeah. do is they say, yes, I love you so much. You're so important to me, but also I'm a human being. And the world does not revolve around you, baby. Yeah.
1: you know, You know what it seems like one of the powerful pieces is here, is it seems like there's kind of this cultural agreement of what child rearing is. So like when you drop your kid off at this six-month daycare, they are going to raise your child or treat your child in the same way that you treat your child at home. And I feel like this is something I hear from parents all the time. Like everybody's had the fight with their in-laws because they say, hey, my kid can't eat this. He needs to be in bed by this time. But then they go to grandma's house and the rules go out the window. (laughs) It's party time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> Juice and cake cookies. for lunch. Yeah, so maybe just like this consistency of expectation. So you think it's a, a grandparent issue, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: talking here specifically about my the own. American <laughs> <epidemic>. <laughs> the last
2: word, the last little French thing I want to say is uh le cadre. So this, I I mentioned this earlier, this literally translates to uh, the frame, like a picture frame. So this is a parenting philosophy, a parenting mindset, which says, we are going to be very strict on certain things. We are going to build a very strict frame on certain things. And the child will have a lot of freedom within that frame. So not going to police every single behavior, but broadly, generally, there will be certain things which we don't we, we don't, which are non-negotiable. So one example is meal time. I mentioned the babies sleeping through the night when they're like two, two months old. Meal times in France are very strict for the whole family. Even babies eat, will eat three times a day and have a snack in the afternoon and sleep through the night. <laughs> And the babies aren't like, mount, like we've been taught, oh, you got to feed your baby every two hours or I'll be a twig, a scrawny little twig who falls away in the breeze. But no, like these, these French babies are normal sized and they eat, they eat breakfast, they eat lunch, they have a snack at like 4 p.m. and then they have a dinner meal. And then when they get older and they get solid food, same thing. And if the kid is like, I would like a snack, the parent is like, wait till snack time. So like very very sort of strict. This is an example of like you you just it's just non negotiable. And then the other areas are much more kind of open. So bedtime, for instance, like maybe you have a strict bedtime. The child has to be in bed by eight p.m. or has to sorry has to go to her room at by eight p.m. But it's not like I'm going to sit and make sure you stay in bed. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to like yell at you every time you get out of bed. No, it's just like. You go to your room, you can do whatever you want in your room, you are in bed, you are in your bedroom, but if you want to play, if you want to read, if you want to sing songs, whatever, put yourself to bed when you feel like it, you have that child, you have that autonomy within the frame, but the frame is clear. You are in your bedroom, you have gone to bed, you don't get out of bed, you don't come to my bedroom at three in the morning and tell me in a monotone, I barbed. <laughs> right.
0: Puke everywhere. Um, Ian, now what does your book talk about success? <laughs> right. How do you know if it works? How do you know if it works? What's the long-term well, success
2: of your children's? The the French measure of success is uh whether the child is a well-rounded human being, whether the child respects the rights and responsibilities of other human beings, whether the child is self-centered, or whether the child is interested in the world around them um one of the one of the words one of the 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 like you, you praise a french child by saying they are sage They're, like it's literally spelled oh. s a g e like sage it means like wise. wise it means yeah. like gentle it means it means intelligent and curious and engaged with the world around you oh. and not focused on like me 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 or acquisitiveness or Um, going to Harvard Law School or accepting gold medals. It's all about like, hey, do I look out for the needs of a person? Who is less fortunate than I am? Do mm-hmm. I consider that my actions have consequences? Do I find ways to amuse myself? So yeah. if in, in for French kids, it's not so much about did I make a million dollars with a disruptive social media app, which then goes on to sabotage US elections for decades to come. It's more Ooh. <laughs> it's more like, am I a happy person? am I a am I a good am I a good person? Am I a responsible citizen of the world? Right. Like am I
1: leading my most fulfilled life, not my most right. successful life, my most like? Am I achieving my potential
2: as a human being? and let's let's be honest. like some people, I think, can feel fulfilled and successful by winning gold medals by doing mm-hmm. the Juilliard thing. but I think the french yeah. um the French emphasis is like, hey, not everyone's going to be gifted. Not everyone needs to be a gold medal winner. Not everyone can be a gold medal winner, but everyone can be happy, curious, able to to take care of themselves, able to be autonomous, able to make wise choices for themselves. Again, she's really not saying, here's what you must do. This works, and she acknowledges this, this works in France. If the US had the crash system, if it had this national, um, more or less free daycare, the U.S. might be able to do this, but we don't. We have exorbitant prices for these things, and it's <laughs> it's horrifying and dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds right.
1: Um, I think our books are the opposite. Like I think they're opposites <laughs> of each other. We established
2: that in the first two <laughs> seconds. Well, I think <laughs> but now I'm sure of it. The the and I'm, I don't mean this as a dunk. I, I think there's certainly some value but. to to what you bring to this book, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I feel like Ian's case. being dismissive. I feel like Ian is influencing
1: the result here. I, w- I would like to uh, object to this before he speaks.
2: Mm, no. <laughs> I'm just saying that that your book puts the emphasis on the parent. And my yeah. book puts the emphasis on the child. Tiger mom versus bringing right. up Bibill. And yeah. like... I, I just think that that, that sort of describes a deeper philosophical rift between these two books.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. What should I do versus, like, what should we, like, what room should we allow for the bebe?
0: Yeah. I really hate that we're saying that word <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Okay. This is tough. Um... Remember, this is CC we're talking about. This yeah, I really child. like your book, Joe. I would love to read it. Mm. But the winner, um, the winner dictates how I have to raise my child, and I don't right. want to drive anywhere for five hours a day. No,
1: or sit at a <laughs> piano bench for three hours a day. That's
0: crazy. It seems like I could be way more just doing my own thing. Being like, I'm sorry, baby, change your own diaper. I'm yeah, an adult. It's, it's dinner time, and I'm I'm it's pouring my time, wine, baby. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like there's a lot more independence for me um, Right, Ian wins. So congratulations, oh, Ian. I'm sorry, Joe, you lose. It's
2: okay.
1: Congratulations, Ian. Um, I, I'm kind of okay with it. Amy Chu is kind of divisive.
0: Uh, <laughs> we, well, it doesn't matter. I think anybody um, who writes a parenting book is
2: divisive.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, I, I know how to do it. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Thank you.
2: <laughs> oh. I would say congratulations to Nick's family because right congratulations
1: (laughs) yeah congratulations you guys are in for a french way of life all right lit heads Congratulations to you. Um, Heads, if you <laughs> yeah. want to help the show, the number one way that you could do it is tell a friend, uh, leave a review on the uh, Apple Store. Apple Store? No, leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. And as always, if you want to hear us talk about a specific book or a specific theme or a specific author, you can always reach out at YouDon'tKnowLitPodcast.com. We read all of your submissions. We do not read all of your books because some of your suggestions are no, that's
0: not, that's not true. We will eventually <laughs> read all of the books.
1: Okay, yeah, fine. We'll eventually read all of your books, even the bad ones. All right. litheads. if you want to help out, go to YouDon'tKnowLitPodcast.com and leave a suggestion. Congratulations, Ian.
2: The okay, this is a this is a quote from the book. Right. Good, cuz that's how we normally end that's, it. That's that's all I have. I didn't I didn't want you to like read a recipe or something. Well, there actually is a recipe for a cake that you can teach your child to make. um, Is it ingredient love or something? No, no, no. It's it's an actual, it's a yogurt cake. It's great. Um, This is the quote. The French seem to have a whole different framework for raising kids. When I ask French parents how they discipline their children, it takes them a few beats just to understand what I mean. Oh, you mean how do we educate them? They ask. Discipline, I soon realize, is a narrow, seldom used category that deals with punishment, whereas educating, which has nothing to do with school, is something they imagine themselves to be doing all the time. For years now, headlines have been declaring the demise of the current style of American child rearing. There are dozens of books offering Americans helpful theories on how to parent differently. I haven't got a theory. What I do have, spread out in front of me, is a fully functioning society of good little sleepers, gourmet eaters, and reasonably relaxed parents. I'm starting without outcome, and working backward to figure out just how the French got there. It turns out that to be a different kind of parent, you don't just need a different parenting philosophy. You need a very different view of what a child actually is.